0: Hello and welcome to How To Stay Married So Far. If you're listening on podcast, you could head over to YouTube and search the Sawala Adelies and watch us on video and vice versa if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, I'm not too sure what this particular episode is about. This is something... Neither that am I. Somebody sent Mark and said, why don't you do a podcast around this? And we thought, why don't we just wing it? Head...
1: I literally don't know what we're talking about. Because the title, what was the, what's <laughs> no, the title? The title is Ten Things Emotionally Mature People Never Do in Relationships. I.e., are we emotionally mature or immature?
0: So we thought we would just see.
1: So there are ten things there. I, I mean And then be...
0: you can see along with us and you could maybe see with your own partner.
1: I think before we get going, I think I think the received wisdom is that men are emotionally immature. And women are emotionally mature. I think that's a societal norm. It's a stereotype. It's a given. It's what people think. Obviously, it's, it's what not what most the case. women say. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird, though, because if that was said the other way around about women, it would be terrible, wouldn't it? It would be considered massively yeah, sexist.
0: Do you know what? Watching, um, we are obsessed with uh, Married First Sight Australia, aren't we? And in there, in this particular series, there is a man who is so emotionally intelligent. Every episode, don't we? All of us, you, me, and the girls, will say, oh, this man, this mm. man. And you do, and it's so interesting the way that the woman that he's married to, that the her mother, everybody, the woman he's married to constantly keeps saying, this is too good to be true. Mm. Like, he's saying all these things. And it's really weird. He says these incredibly emotionally articulate things, and she just immediately... Turns it round to mean something hmm. the polar opposite, doesn't Absolutely.
1: it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think we're going to do an, a separate chat. Married at First Sight Australia is throwing up so many, so, so many, many topics and topics, things so we're going to talk yeah. about that elsewhere. But, but I sometimes wonder whether you know, like with the chap in that show, I sometimes wonder if you get an emotionally intelligent man and the woman who's with him realizes this baked into being a woman is a search for disappointment in men. So it means that oh, what, wow. whatever level... Yeah, I do feel this. Whatever level... Baked, no, whatever level of emotion... No, horrendous thing. You just no, it isn't. Baked I, I, into woman is
0: into a search... women. Into women. Into women like that. Is a search for disappointment. How about baked into women is a real knowledge... Through their experiences,
1: that's dog food being delivered. That
0: they need to stand back a bit before they can trust.
1: I believe that baked into being a woman is uh, a desire to find disappointment in their partners.
0: That is such a terrible. It's not.
1: It's not because one. Let me let me finish my thought. Because I think regardless of what emotional look at the guy in Married at First Sight. Regardless of where you can be, you could tick every box perfectly and then huge numbers of women will say if men are incredibly emotionally intelligent that they're boring or that they're predictable or that they're you know
0: that's a separate topic and i think what you're talking about there is the whole thing about when guys are too nice you know why why do the good guys get turned down so often why do so many people look for bad boys i think that's what you're talking about but i will not have you say baked into women is a search for disappointment because it is so pick me it's like oh there god us guys you know not. even if we did everything no, right they would still and let me speak because if you keep talking over me it, baked into everyone. Oh my god! I mean, my god! Look at me. Like every day, I just try and do everything perfectly, and still she's going to be disappointed. It plays into that whole thing of nagging women, moaning old cows, and it's just not true.
1: You've made that connection. I'm not thinking of it in those no, terms No, but that's at all. how
0: women will hear it. What you just said—that's how that, it sounds.
1: Any woman who whether hears that—that's like that's not how you I'm need talking to about it. What, it no, no. no, no. What I'm talking about is that we all. Always, and I think within relationships, women get there quicker, more quickly, because of this idea that men are more emotionally immature than they are. It's a received wisdom in most families. It is inherited from women, from their mothers, that you know that women slightly know better. Women have a sort of more omnipotent sense of what's right and what's wrong, and that the men invariably revert to childish, infant... Yeah, OK, so that's an all right given... What I'm saying is, within In that, my experience, that yeah, but, has been the truth. Yeah, but my point is, is that women will con, will conform. Lots of women will conform to that, regardless of how emotionally intelligent their partners are. It's like the bar is always a bit higher than wherever a man can get to, because they're a man. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, that's what I think.
0: That's the most sexist thing that's been said in this entire series.
1: If you think about what I've said, it's not sexist. I have thought about what you've said. I've completely understood.
0: I've completely understood what you've just said.
1: You've concurred with my description of women inheriting this idea that men are childlike. That is sexist, the way you just shrug your shoulders and say, that's the way it is. In my experience, that's what I've heard. That's all I'm saying. In my experience.
0: Well, that's a better thing to say than saying, in women. If you say, in your experience with all the women that you've been with, that's a different thing. But you can't say all women.
1: Of course I can't say all women. Well, okay. well,
0: now I've helped you out. Because that's what you said. You're
1: now doing it. That's what you said. You're now demonstrating your own emotional intelligence in a flexy fashion.
0: With all the men that I have had relationships with, the description you just gave is true. Which one? The one where you said that men revert to childhood—that they da da da—your great long speech. I agree, but I know that not all men are like that. But in my experience, and in mostly the experience that I've seen, relations, uh, relatives of mine or friends of mine, I have noticed that there is that theme that men do often revert to childhood. They feign like that they can't do this and they can't do that and they don't know what and, they and they've and they forgotten this and they've forgotten that. And women, more often in my experience that I've seen, are the ones that pull the emotional balance of the family together the whole
1: time. That's massively sexist. In well, my experience,
0: I'm... I didn't say all men.
1: Yeah, ah, It's an important ah. distinction. Hang on, listener, viewer. It's an important distinction. Hang on. This is what you do. This is what. Hang on, (laughs) let me finish. This is what women do. No, you mustn't say when you say when you You say say to do that. When you say, in my experience, the very physical gesture is well, it's probably the majority of the time. That is exactly you're doing it now. If that's how you wish to interpret what I said, then that is up to you.
0: If that's as you said to me if that's the way I wish to interpret when you said all women have baked into them a need for disappointment and if you you said to me if that's the way you want to hear it Yeah so in my experience on the whole I have been more in- emotionally intelligent than the men I have been out with, in all my experiences with the men I've been out with, Thank I've you. been more emotionally intelligent than they have. If you want to argue that point with me about whether you think that that's true in our relationship or not, begin. What?
1: Throw the gauntlet down. Begin. Look, if you want to, I mean,
0: look at you. Know, but begin. Your Body language. Do you think? Let me. Let that me. You I'm going to say two. Th- I'm going to say two. Th- I'm going to say
1: two things to you. I think I'm quite emotionally intelligent for a man. You are. I For think a man, I... you've just done it. You just... Yeah, exactly. know, but you're, you're not screaming it's sexism got... there, are you? you've just done it to yourself. I am throwing us under the under the car here. But my point is, I'm quite emotionally intelligent, but it's not enough, or it's never the right amount, or it all, we all fall short in our emotional intelligence. And I think that men—it's assumed that men fall short a lot more than women do. That's possibly I true. So I would agree. But but I also I genuinely think that part of that happens because. Women's bar gets higher and higher, or the constant the constancy it be, that's required. it
0: couldn't be that their skill set. There's I would
1: I would make the set. same sexist generalisation and saying most men um, end up getting fidgety in relationships, or you know lose interest in terms of physical attraction stuff. Most like, men, not my, yeah, but a lot of men. These things it's happen been in been relationships. Been. <laughs> Careful with the way yeah. that most men are unfaithful. Not they... say unfaithful. <laughs> you did. I said they go off their partners or they lose You're as much right. passion for their partners. That doesn't mean they go off and do something, but you know they they're just not as oh, as excited. Okay. All
0: right, so so I can with the greatest of ease say that you your <laughs> academic
1: ah. ability,
0: your intelligence, your intellect is far greater than mine, and that I'm fine with that but you would not allow yourself to say to me that my emotional intelligence is of a higher standard than yours.
1: I have said- You wouldn't give me that, would you? I have said repeatedly- Not on this podcast. Off camera.
0: Well, that's- I have have repeatedly
1: said that you demonstrate extra, go to my Instagram account, every time I post a bloody thing about it, it says about your emotional (laughs) intelligence is second to none. I mean, and so and what, girls, so what and are girls, you arguing about then? <laughs> that regardless of how emotionally intelligent, more emotionally intelligent I could be, I would still fall short. Is there some apex that I could reach that would be like, oh, wow, I've met my match? No, women want to be in control of the emotional intelligence. Well, there
0: are many areas where I've asked you to be more emotionally intelligent and you haven't, lis- you haven't responded.
1: And sometimes I think you think you're emotionally intelligent in every department
0: and you're not. I'm not not in every department, but you just said to me, is there an apex? Could I give you the list? And then let's come back in six months and see if you were able to reach Which it. Which list? Of the apexes that I would like you to reach don't emotionally. Know. Well, I don't think I should on here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this has got off to the weirdest start.
0: Um, well, it's because you tried to you tried to come out <laughs> of the hatches no, at such come out of the traps. traps. You came out of the traps like so gun ho and full of yourself, spouting <laughs> off generalisations <laughs> horrendously. Sexist, oh, half, no, I won't
1: have that. Half-baked
0: thoughts. No, not half-baked. And now you
1: don't like where you've ended up, which is against <laughs> the ropes. God, you're using <laughs> racing and boxing analogies now. I do feel like I might have... And I, I might
0: get the crick out. I <laughs> might have
1: stumbled at, the, at Beaches Brook or whatever it is, or the chair in, in the Grand National. No, I, I genuinely think that regardless of how emotionally intelligent a man can be within a couple, within a family, within a home, within a house the woman of the house will always assume they are more emotionally intelligent and that if the bloke disagrees with them, it's some kind of lack in the man.
0: I think that is the most monumental (sighs) cop-out I've ever heard. There's no what point because what you're saying is there's no point us trying. No. Because however hard we try, they'll never be happy. Did Those I say nagging it like old bags. That? Did I That's, say it like that, that? You said it in a perfectly middle-class, lovely way, but underneath, That's you were fully. You were fully stuck true. in the fifties. Yes, you were.
1: Every man should strive to be as emotionally intelligent as possible, but the barometer and the measuring stick in their home will forever be going out of reach.
0: So, all right, well, give me an example where I've asked for a particular level of emotional intelligence in something and you've reached it and I've gone, no, that's not good enough.
1: I can't think of specific things, but what I can think of is general behaviours that change. And when those behaviours... Buckle or fuck up for a moment. It the response is like it's never changed. It's like I haven't made you know I haven't got to a better place. Give me an example. From, well, around jealousy or around.
0: Now, no, right, okay. Pause, because actually that was the example I was going to give you to uh, when asked. Of where you have reached it. I asked for you to do something about that because it become intolerable for mm. me. And it's very, very... It's a huge emotional shift, intelligent shift to be able to And you did that. And if you dare sit here now and say for one second, I don't acknowledge that. No, you do I acknowledge know, it. But when there's a wobble... Listen to me, when listen wobble, to me not only do i do it all the time on our channels and to you i also said it on a network television show last thursday
1: yeah i know you also talked about my dick which came up everywhere (laughs) in the bloody press that was really nice no it didn't oh (laughs) yes you did (laughs) yes it's like it's one thing being in control of it here but being told by subs oh they were mentioning your penis on on loose women this week
0: so so, so hang on. So that
1: so, by, the, by the same, by the same measure, go to my Instagram, and I have repeatedly said that you are emotionally one of the most emotionally intelligent so, people I've ever so met. Why so, you,
0: why have you started this argument in such a stupid way? Because
1: then? I think the majority of men are doomed from the outset.
0: I think your argument is falling to pieces. You, you like it's literally like watching a toddler build a few bricks and then run into it and <laughs> knock it down. <laughs> I'm actually feeling quite sorry for you. Oh,
1: fuck off. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, um, so, 10 things emotionally mature people never do in relationships. Well, but clearly, apparently, Imagine many things now. I haven't been emotionally mature.
0: Imagine now if, 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 if everyone that comes up, we've already,
1: yeah, demonstrated. We already
0: demonstrated it in the okay, first Okay, so the first minutes.
1: one is playing mind games. Um... The The idea that people see relationships as a competition where they win every time they get what they want. I have been in relationships like this where. I didn't.
0: What, what's, the, what's the.
1: Playing mind games. That's one of the. So that's, that's one of the things an emotionally an immature... mature person wouldn't do. So yeah. it's emotionally mature to play mind games. And I think mind games can happen around. Um, I think, weirdly, going back to jealousy, I was surprised and could never trust that you wouldn't kind of want to play with jealousy. Because I think a lot of relationships like to get that thrill of making someone feel like, oh, I might leave them, or, oh, I might not want to be with them. Or, you know, people making their partners feel jealous on purpose. Um, you never did that when I was feeling jealousy. My jealousy was a self-bred kind of trauma, um, which I then, you know, put out in the world. But I could never come to terms with the idea that you weren't playing mind games in that department how emotionally mature of you <laughs> no, no yes, i'm saying you as a
0: person completely not no, and I you know. knew it so you just made yeah. yourself think it yeah.
1: but i wasn't but i have been in relationships with people where they have played mind games i
0: think i think very much i think this is a maturity thing it's something you either grow out of i, I think that it's totally normal i disagree when you're younger to play a bit of that and and also some people are strong enough in their relationship that they could play a little with that, but I think when you've if you've ever had a relationship where you've been in that kind of like game, it can either become very addictive and you keep on playing it, or you go well actually that wasn't fun for anyone because actually it left me feeling a bit shit, left them feeling a bit shit, which is which is where I got to in my early thirties, late twenties. I
1: can think what? of couples I know that are deeply competitive. You know, no, no, I'm talking about playing with games with, jeal- or... with
0: jealousy, particularly i'm talking yeah. I'm just talking just specifically about that playing the mind games around jealousy mm. for me was a more an immaturity thing it right. wouldn't, wouldn't think of i mean just wouldn't from my thirties it mm. never wouldn't have occurred to me to do that mm. um I think it's dangerous because you never know where that can end up, but I think competitiveness within a relationship i mean we obviously get competitive when we're arguing because um. Because you want to win around because it's because I suppose part of it is it's quite fun, isn't it? I mean, it's like playing chess. <laughs> having having an argument is a bit like playing chess. It's like, well, I'll make this move, you make this move, da da da. So that is a bit of mind games, I suppose, when one is arguing because there's nobody that argues that doesn't want to win. Because which I understand that, but when somebody says, "Oh God, why would I go in a race if I didn't want to win?" I never wanted to win in a race. I never wanted to win at anything. That I, you know, I, I, I was never competitive around more s- everyday things.
1: I don't have as much stomach for rowing anymore. But I mean, I'll I, be I, I competitive
0: in an argument because I just, I, I'll, it just fires my synapses. I've
1: noticed, <laughs> it certainly does. I've noticed you get crosser quicker in rows now.
0: Because one knows what the p- other person's going to say after a certain amount because so, you're emotionally more intelligent? Can we just cut this bit out? Because this bit's boring. Just, when you've when you've been twenty years arguing with the same person and they bring up the same argument every time, you're like, oh my god, here we go.
1: Okay, number two. Given Comment this,
0: below if you feel the same. Yeah, but
1: you see, I couldn't even be bothered to come back on that. that men it? men it's give boring. up. Men give up. Men give up. When well, men do.
0: give up, how pathetic of men. Men
1: give up. I I can think of five relationships where I think the men have become shadows of no, the of their fault. former selves because they literally can't. Be bothered to argue against someone who so arrogantly thinks that they are emotionally more intelligent than them.
0: I know a million women, a million, 10 million, 100 million, 5 billion across the globe of women that just don't say anything, so don't give me the woe is me for men.
1: Giving the silent treatment, that was a good segue wasn't it, the silent treatment is one example of passive aggressive behaviour. This is immature it's a form of emotional manipulation um this is something i witnessed an awful lot in my grandfather and i never understood it I, know, I i never i didn't like it i never understood it it created a weird atmosphere it disallowed any kind of resolution it also served the purpose of kicking up the sort of the dust. So that no one could get... So that the person on the other side of the silence could get in. I could see my man struggling to orientate herself as to what had gone wrong. And that that silence really perniciously...
0: It's very aggressive, passive-aggressive. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it really is. And I
1: have experienced deep, deep, intimate experience of one of the most passive-aggressive person I've ever met in my life. And that was defined by a knowledge that because, you know, I was passionate and this, that and the other and I would express myself, da-da-da, they mm. would literally just lay booby traps everywhere and go silent. Mm. Lay boob I just find it the most mm. passive-aggressive... It's yeah. just horrendous. Um, I hate the silent treatment. I hate it. I'd rather have a row. But yeah, I, I know
0: someone that they they will go silent for days with each other, you know, and they've got children. And they, they always say, we never row, but, the, oh, but we'll go silent. And I think... The, the, the raging noise of a silent ram yeah, absolutely. is just horrendous. I don't know how somebody can maintain living with somebody where days and days they don't talk to each other. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, when we are when we have a big argument, I get to a point where I just literally don't want to say another word. But we've always completely blown up before that. So there is a certain amount of... Both of us, however stupid it was, we've said it. But when somebody's angry, and honestly, I've spoken to people over the years of this, and the other person doesn't get angry at all and just goes silent. They still well, the are angry. Awful, well, of course they're it's angry. It's not that they're not angry. But it's so frustrating for the other person. But I, I, at some point, at the to end a row, because our rows would, not so much now, but in the past... Though we can still do it, would have gone on for weeks, shouting, and, and be, because neither of us would give up. So eventually, i would always go silent. I always go silent first because I just think it's got. To well, you stop. not only
1: go silent; you go upstairs and you don't try and resolve no, it in the day.
0: To, you have to get away from it. You can't go from a raging row. Your problem is you always want to immediate. Oh, and now can we just all be better? It can't. Only if I pretend. Uh, and when I was a kid, growing up, me and my sisters, if we would argue, my mum would say, you have to say sorry to each other, like, before you come down. So we'd do this fake sorry. Or if my mum was angry with me, you can't come down till you're sorry. And I would do this sorry, and I didn't feel it. And I would always say, I will never, as long as I live, make my children say sorry. A forced sorry. It's like, It's like when you say sorry to me sometimes, I'm just like... It's the worst thing because I know it's just because you want to rush and get it all just like okay because you feel anxious and everything and it's just the worst feeling because it's like well...
1: Isn't it just another... I
0: hate saying is, sorry unless yeah, I
1: mean it. But a phrase you use a lot Fake. is faking it to make it. So Why, why, sorry. why can't trying to make up you know, more speedily or before... I hate going to sleep on a row because then you wake up with that dread in the morning. But a fake sorry... Even a fake sorry. Isn't
0: resolution. No, it's a resolution, but it's faking
1: it to make it. No, you
0: don't say the word. What you do is you tentatively try and talk to each other nicely and you work your way back, but to go, listen, I'm sorry, it's just I didn't realise that... That will always re-kick, that will always kick all the dust up again and everyone will start arguing again. I mean, anyone would say that. A sorry, which is a way to get back to the argument, Mm. is quite a childish thing to do, actually.
1: Okay. Number three is ignoring boundaries. Um, Think about how you respond to your partner's needs. Do you put pressure on them to conform to what you want? When they ask for space, do you respect it? I mean... I think everyone does that a little bit, don't they? I mean, right down to if... I mean, like I always remember you saying someone you knew who... If someone, one part, one more... if a, I can't remember who it was. Someone in a couple, if the woman read a book, the partner would get sort of unsettled by that and sort of wonder why they weren't sort of present or in the room with them, or, you know, mm-hmm. that they were escaping into their own thing. I mean, I know you think me hating you with your AirPods on is me not wanting you to do your own thing. It's, it is the infuriating fact that you will call out to everyone in the house and we all have to jump and whenever we call out to you, you are you get aghast and fed up if you have to do that, and you've started doing this. You go, like you
0: look a bit angrier than I no, 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 want you to. No, no, no. But you
1: start to do that. You like you pull your ears. You always deflect. As soon as <laughs> you do. You, you were deflect. like you were like, and then you
0: just no, no, pull it no, no. out. No, right. but
1: you do. You put every time you look aghast and you pull your ears out. It's just like, well, you know, you're calling us on the toilet upstairs, bellowing from room to room. We want to talk to you when you're in the same room, and you still get cross. So. We'd that. done a
0: podcast on my AirPods, and we'd reached an agreement, which was, I would tell you when I'm putting my AirPods
1: It's not about that. Family life demands oh, a quick kind of question. Imagine if you were
0: actually listening to this podcast. You'd go, Jesus The people are Christ. listening. People my are own, listening. I have to deal with my own relationship. Listening Ignoring to these boundaries. Two, So,
1: so do, you, do you feel you... Do you ignore boundaries? Do you respect boundaries?
0: I think sometimes it's really difficult when you live together... And work together. Mm. And you're in an open plan house. Mm, true. To actually know what the other person's boundaries are. So I'm sure we both trample over each other's boundaries. Not on purpose. But because we don't actually recognise them. So for instance, just that. like, Because we had this discussion, didn't we, about my AirPods. And it wasn't I. Like, because like, you would be like hours editing and then I would be have my earpods on doing something really boring like clearing up the bloody kitchen again and then you would be annoyed that I hadn't heard you and I'd think but you've been two hours plugged in and you've looked up and I was supposed to be available in that second and that's what pissed me off because it was like okay so you've got this boundary which is this force field around you when you're editing which is like I totally respect you know but then often I will come into you in there and I'll say something or I'll ask you to do something. or to do, And I shouldn't really do that because you're right, you're right in the middle of doing something. I don't think ever is it intentional, but I think we both do it
1: for sure. You interrupt me more than I interrupt you. That's for sure. Oh, my God. It's true. What can I say? It's true. <laughs> um, number four. Look at your
0: face. Look at but You can't see anything. This is the face I want to put. Yeah, no, I you know When you were it looking is. the way you were, I didn't think you wanted to look that way. Which but way? I don't mind. I don't understand. How which I'm way feeling. was I looking? You were going. You ain't take your ear put yourself. <laughs> it's just a bit much.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Don't go over to YouTube and watch this if anybody is actually still listening, because i was playing
1: there. the blame game, blaming the other one for things in the relationship rather than seeing things as teamwork, pointing fingers. Uh you're a bit of a shit-sticker.
0: Oh, my God. You
1: are.
0: You're doing it now! You haven't even opened the bloody discussion before, pointing your finger no, at you me. But you are, you're a bit of a shit-sticker. Oh, do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh. do, 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 do. You're it. you are a- Who's done this? You just proved yourself. I'm going to have to leave this podcast, because I'm going to end <laughs> up fucking divorcing you. you. How to stay married so far.
1: <laughs> how to How to divorce in minutes. Um, have you been there? Do you do you do you feel that you, either one just, of us pins the blame on the other? Can you
0: just run back at how what you read and then you immediately went, yeah, that's what you do, and pointed your finger at me. It was quite extraordinary shit
1: Which what example was it? When pointing you, fingers. Yeah,
0: and then yeah. you finished reading out and pointed your finger at me. <laughs> I said you're the one that does that.
1: I was pointing your finger about you pointing fingers.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I was pointing oh. a finger at. It's about you pointing fingers. But you do, you do like to know who's done this. I hear it. It's talking like talking
0: about the relationship. It's talking about when they left their pants for the 10 time, or put the toilet roll in the middle of the bloody. Floor. When you take that was the toilet a joke. roll that was a off joke. the toilet roll, oh, roll. I see in the toilet. Mark, Mark, you've started to do something this is even worse. People. What? Having now completely controlled yourself from taking the toilet roll off the toilet roll, hold and put it in the middle of the bathroom. You're now unravelling the three underneath
1: it. Hang on, that wasn't me. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that and I thought,
0: (laughs) I didn't think I was going
1: to get the blame for that. That was not me because I was just as pissed off. That's one of the girls that was.
0: That was not me. I swear
1: on your life. Well, it was you or your mother. It was not me was not me. Um, so what do they mean then? They, they mean in terms of bl- blaming each other. I don't know. Other. You were
0: very quick to say it was me. Well, so. you're right.
1: Okay, domestic things is, is, uh, isn't quite so significant. But I guess is there blame around what? Blame for emotion? What, what deep emotional blame? For blame for the
0: unhappiness in a relationship. Oh,
1: right. Okay. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I don't think we do that. No, I don't think we do that. I mean, there are times where sometimes... Do you know what
0: the question is? Because I'm looking point, at you and i thinking point the he doesn't at, Do
1: we point the finger at... Well, because I took step. that literally, pointing the finger at people for what you've not done in the house or not done no. practically. But pointing the finger for something about the relationship that isn't going well... Um, that, well, there's a balance, think, isn't there? Hang on, there's a, there's a dividing line between pointing the finger and also trying to recognise where the problem comes from. The exactly. reason I'm saying this is recognising the fact that as an addict... I will, have, I will have brought a lot of, obviously, distress and, and upset and everything to, to the family dynamic. Um, just having mental health, you know, bipolar, you know, will bring, unintentionally, things to the table. And it's not... I've never, I'll be clear here, I've never felt in any way, shape or form blamed for that. I do sometimes worry, and this isn't about you, I worry, it's about a worry for myself, that too many of my emotions in my own head, can end up feeling like they're ascribed to a mental health condition rather than actually just me, but that's not really blame.
0: It's very difficult, that, though, isn't it? Because a mental health... Something like bipolar or ADHD, you have bipolar, have ADHD, you also have ADHD. How can you separate what is... We are who we are. Yeah. Sat here now dissecting which part of our brain is responsible for which part of our character so you know you are often very very down you are often you often struggle to to find the joy if, if that's just something that I know mm. and that I live with I don't go is that bipolar is that my? I've stopped that game because what's what's the point of me asking those questions in my head mm. it's just what you are it's just part of what you are mm. and so it's not I I never think oh, Mark's down, that's his bipolar. I, don't, I, I never think that. But I do think... Boop. I do... I think it gives me more patience. That's what I would say. The actual condition forces me to be more patient. Because if you didn't have bipolar, I would be more come on, you know, Mm. come on, have more gratitude, have this, have that, but I know it's not something you can just shake yourself out of. Like, like I can, right? When I feel down, because I don't have depression, I would not take offence to someone saying to me, come on, you're just having a low day. Think about all that you have got, and Mm. I would be able to go, yeah, you're right, actually. God, when you think of the big picture, absolutely. This is just a blip, this is just a day. But when somebody's got depression... That, that's not the same thing. So, no, I don't think we do point the thing. Fi- I think it's a bit of a tricky question, that. I mean, I suppose what they're thinking of is some people might say, well, you know, the reason I'm so unhappy is because of duh 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 hmm. because you do this to me and because you say this yeah. every week. So we don't... We're not in that fog. Yeah, it says here, you
1: know, it's important to sort of... You know, a mature person will stop and see what their part in this is. And, you know, and I think... I do think, again, this is tied into rows. I think a row can quite easily get into and quickly Mm. get into a blame game situation where I think you're doing this and you think I'm doing that. And then, as you say, you entrench yourself. Whereas, actually, I mean, it's a trite old phrase, isn't it? It takes two to tango. Um,
0: But I do think... Like you, I was gonna. I was gonna actually say what you said at the beginning. Looking for where things are going wrong and talking about them is emotional intelligence and is a mature relationship.
1: I think this next one we we don't do because we do this podcast. Avoiding tough conversations.
0: (laughs) God. Uh, Maybe it would be nice to not have so many tough tough
1: conversations. I
0: like a week off.
1: Um. Yeah. Okay. Bloody hell. If I said that,
0: because I don't think a week I think off. in a marriage it's not always necessarily about having tough conversations with each sweeping other, sweeping things under the rug. I I will often, as I know Mark does, have very tough conversations with myself as well. That I that I might never air out loud to myself or anyone. I have a lot of like arguments, like the way I do about being a mother. You know, I'll have days where I think, oh, I'm really good at this, and my kids are just you know, oh, they're great human beings and they're da-da-da and I I will feel good and then I have days where I'm thinking, oh, God, they're they're so sad and, you know, we're irritated by each other and it's like, what kind of a fucking mother am I? And, you know, this is... And for me, it's like that with all my relationships. It's like that as a daughter. So it's like that as, you know, I think that with my sister Dean. you know, I think, God, am I good enough? Am I da da And I think that with my friends all the time. So why wouldn't I also think that as a wife? That's what I mean. I'm having fucking tough conversations all the time with myself. I find it exhausting.
1: But you do, you've said this in Raj, you avoid tough conversations with me because you don't want to have to deal with the kind of the the fallout from it. You know, they talk here about sweeping things Mm. under the rug because eventually things bounce back with a vengeance. And I do think this is, again, a difference between men and women. Uh... Generally.
0: Yeah, men tend to go, no, please don't. Well, no, 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 men men don't
1: only tend to go, please don't, but women will conceal, conceal, hide, push under a rug, and then when it explodes, it's so enormous that there's total disorientation from the bloke. It's kind of like, hang on a minute, why are we talking about the very nature of existence here rather than me having done something that seems quite innocuous? But over time, it's built to something for you. Over time, it's built to something much bigger. So that as they say here Always is be bold and have a communicate have communication about it up front
0: because it's the hope that kills us because <sighs> if you're constantly saying every single thing like if you've asked for something in a relationship and that person just <sighs> just keeps on not being able to do it and you if every time you pick them up then you're just arguing all the time so i think i'm not talking about us I'm talking with anyone lots of people do argue every single day don't they like bicker all the way through the day and argue every day but you have to make decisions the longer you're with somebody the more you make decisions it's like shall I just let this one go yeah I'll let this one go okay how many times have I now let this one go I'm going to try and have this conversation so it doesn't get to the point where I'm building build a and build, and build and then I hate their guts so I'm going to try and say it before I hate their guts but It never works out that way, because if you say, I find that nothing terrifies a man more than saying, can we just talk about this? Can I just be honest? I go, But they're the very same men that say, why didn't you tell me earlier before you blew up?
1: Going back in full circle to the original thing I said at the beginning, um, men, by and large, don't even want to go there with what's bothering them about women emotionally, because... I think, by and large, a huge number of women will characterise any sort of, uh, what the hell do they term it here? Uh, tough conversation. If a guy was to instigate a tough conversation about something, my experience of things is that, a little bit like in the narcissist kind of equation, there's always a reason that sits within the bloke's behaviour that's made this problem in the first well, of
0: place. Of course, if somebody's asking for a tough conversation, because of
1: that, you've just because of what no, they're no, thinking no, no, about but you've the other just person. said that you choose not to talk about it now because you want to get the you want the relationship mm. to move on. There, there seems to be an unwritten no, but this assumption is that conflict. if, but if, if a if a woman in a head, heter- I'm talking about heterosexual couple because that's what we are. If a woman, by and large, has a tough conversation to be had, it's all justified. It's all justified and it's all necessary, and it needs to be listened to and attended to. If a bloke has a tough conversation, wants to have a tough conversation, it is usually, when it's had, because of something the bloke's done wrong in the first, whatever he's attesting to, whatever he's saying, look, I don't like this, or this is disappointing me, or what always comes back is, well, it's your fault anyway.
0: Wow, this is a serious worries me, isn't it? No, got it's here? not. See, there what are you, you go. There about? you go.
1: You dismiss the ability of men to be able to say, "I have a problem with it." I mean, because I don't feel like I just choose not to have those conversations because I think, oh, I well, will just say no." I've
0: said to you, "Tell me,
1: what's what's yeah, up?" Yeah, you, you say me. that in a slightly no, sort of gangster know. fashion. Oh God! <laughs> it's like you tell me. You turn into Annie, Annie right. Palmer. Right, no,
0: you're not looking back at the computer yet because I want to pick you up on what you said. <laughs> you See? said... When a woman wants a tough conversation it's nearly always about what somebody else stumbled of course No no no, no because no. because what we were talking about was bringing up mm. where the feeling of conflict mm. is building so you're not going to ask for a tough conversation say I don't really like myself and I don't really like my baby you're going to say this issue between us yeah, absolutely. is difficult And what I'm
1: saying is when men do that women say to those men or will characterize what the men are saying as selfish immature an and classically masculine Give me an example with us well, like, for example, if I was to say, you're coming across as really moody today in the kitchen, you would turn around and say, don't be paranoid or don't be, take your eyes off me, stop focusing on me. And I'm like, well, actually, you know what? It's just an atmosphere that you've brought into the house, which you tell me I do a lot. And when you tell me I've done it, I, accept, I have to accept it, even if I don't think I am, or, or if I think that there's a different reason for that mood, but you think I'm just being this. You tell me that, and you're justified in telling me that because I present it like that. If you present a mood that permeates around the house, which you do, if I say it to you, you deny it. So I don't, I don't bother so, having that tough conversation.
0: So I won't deny it every single time, but sometimes I will, because sometimes I'm not in a mood. Like, often when I say to you you're in a mood and you say, I'm not, I'm just thinking I'm tired or I'm hungry or I'm... A, no person in a couple is going to agree every single time another person says they're in the mood. Because everybody can misread each other. But I certainly have... I'm certainly not in the place where I think I'm never in a mood, because sometimes I am in such a fucking mood because I'm so sick of all of it. I'm sick of the dishwasher. I'm sick yeah, of the bed. So it's attached I'm to sick something the, to do with I'm us. Sick it's the, always justified. What is the dishwasher? Because, something to do with you? Because
1: it's the, it's the fact that you're within that, baked into that is a frustration that someone yeah. hasn't filled the, hang Sometimes on a minute. I'm in a mood. So as soon as I say to you, you're in a mood, it's immediately everyone else's fault. You're <laughs> justified in that mood. Whereas I'm not, I've come <laughs> in and apparently I'm being deeply selfish.
0: If, if, somebody, if I've sat on my own, Watching Housewives of Beverly Hills and eating a box of chocolates? now of course I'm in a good mood because I've not got anyone else I'm dealing with. My mood is affected by other people.
1: So you're only ever in a negative mood because of someone in the house?
0: If I'm on my own, I'm never in a negative mood.
1: So you're only ever in a mood because of other people in the yeah. house? When I'm told that I'm in a mood, if I was to say that, it would not be accepted or tolerated. It would be seen as critical and it would be seen as something to push back on. It
0: doesn't mean that it's the other person's fault, but I may be in a mood because of everything. We are all constantly in a state of doing for others, are we not? We're working because we've got to work, so we've got to pay the rent. We're... Or mortgage or whatever. We're, we're, we're cooking because people need to eat. We're driving because somebody needs to be taking somebody else. We're all of us, especially parents, in a constant state of doing for others. Now, nine times out of ten, that's wonderful because it's a wonderful thing to be a part of a family. But every so often, I am in a mood because I'm like, fucking hell. I just want to breathe. Just, I just want to do yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. I want no, I to get do. That. So, so those are those are times when you might say to me, "Oh, you're in a mood," and I might go, "Not because it's. I'm not actually. I'm not in a mood directly with anyone. I'm in a mood because I just I feel frustrated or I feel whatever. And so I might go, "Oh, well, not with any of you." And then I can understand how that can be a bit. Well, what do you mean? But actually, it's because
1: I'm just. Well, you just said I it just is for all of all us. <laughs>
0: I just want to run out of the house okay, well, squealing, I, I, my... tearing my hair out. But you're not allowed to do that, because well, well... we all have to be sane all the time.
1: <coughs> Sorry. The
0: door went, the dogs went crazy, everybody's hungry. We are probably going to end up having a massive row. Yeah, I so. just,
1: I'm just put in mind of, in that conversation then, if a man does something wrong, it's his fault. And if a woman does something wrong, it's because of something the man's done. That, oh my God! That, Mark, that, that is, is just
0: a horrible way to end the podcast. Because you basically, of you're saying like that, that I'm a narcissist.
1: No, I'm not yes, saying you that. Oh, that's you. What a narcissist. I'm does. talking about when we get to issues in relations. It's not the whole person. I'm talking about when you get to these. Ra- and also, it can actually work both ways. I think men can be like that too. Oh, Robert, the... well, that's big of you. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ! Anyway,
1: we've only done half of the ten.
0: Yeah, so, and we um... might
1: get divorced over <laughs> it. <laughs> this could be Jeez. the the final episode of the podcast. I think I would have
0: checked out this podcast ten minutes I in. I do Everyone's going to wait
1: and see if we actually get divorced.
0: Anyway, thanks, guys. Thank you.